This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Welcome, gather round the fireside and listen to a tale of Fionn McCool, Cullen, Deirdre, all the sorrows grow on your wail. From giants right down to fairies, about the trooping and solitary, and ghosts who are sometimes scary. Anything goes by the fireside. Yeah. Fireside, the Puka Fireside, the Mero Fireside. Kings and queens fighting heroes, don't you run from the fun, there's no need to hide. Sit by the fireside. Mm-hmm. Fireside. Hello and welcome to Fireside, the Irish storytelling podcast. Each episode of Fireside, we take a story from folklore mythology, we retell it, have a chat about the tale itself and about the craft, culture and history of storytelling. My name is Kevin C. Olihan. I am your host and your Fireside bard. Welcome to episode 125 of Fireside. Today on the Irish Storytelling Podcast, we have a folk tale from Scotland about a sprightly young tailor. But first, I want to give a very big welcome to any new and indeed returning listeners. If this is your first episode, have a listen to this. And if you like what you hear, why don't you head right back to the very beginning of Fireside in episode one over two and a half years ago to see what we've been building up to on the journey of Fireside so far. And of course, if you are a returning listener, thank you so, so much for your continued support. Please do follow me over on Instagram if you want to check out my poetry or some of my other work and um, what I'm up to. It's the best place to get in touch with me. And um, if you're not on Instagram, you can head, you can email me at thefiresidebard at gmail.com. And if you want to join the community of Fireside and support the, fo- the podcast and future endeavors, head on over to headstuffpodcasts.com where you can join Headstuff Plus for as little as €5 a month, although you can pay more if you so choose. You can gain access to bonus content, not just for Fireside, but for all of the podcasts on the Headstuff Podcast Network, and there are a fair, fair few of them. Bonus episodes and bonus content, lots more to come over the course. Uh, So I want to give a big thank you to Tracy Rowlands, I think is the most recent supporter over on Headstuff Plus. Sometimes it seems like they're jumbling around, so I hope I've been keeping a good track of the most recent supporters of Headstuff Plus. So Tracy Rowlands, Elizabeth Bonjean, Stuart McCabe, Ray McGann, Beth Kettlar, Rebecca Garvey, Martina Rafferty, Matthew Hill, Elizabeth Frizz and Dara Courtney are the most recent 10 uh, of the newest supporters to Headstuff Plus. So thank you so, so much to each and every one of you for supporting a new endeavour and continuing support an independent Little Irish podcast such as my own. But to get down to brass tacks, uh, this story is from a st- book of Celtic folk tales that I've drawn quite a few from. I spoke a little bit at the end of the last episode about how when you get a book on Celtic or Gaelic mythology, sometimes, certainly from an Irish point of view, it seems like it is quite dominated by Irish tales. And I have always considered this a podcast that could explore the Scottish and the Welsh and the other elements of Celtic and Gaelic society and lore. And this is a case of a Scottish folktale that very easily could be set anywhere, but uh, I've kept it in its its Scottish setting uh, because it's just a delightful story. It's very Grimm-esque, you know, really 
really fits together as a pleasing, pleasant folktale. And it is also just that little bit spooky, which is always nice in your folktales. We will chat a bit more afterwards, but this is The Sprightly Tailor on Fireside. The Sprightly Tailor There was once a great lord named MacDonald, who was in need of a new pair of trousers. But not just any trousers. MacDonald was after a new pair of trues. Very fashionable for a time, trues are a vest and trouser one-piece combo, very comfortable and convenient for walking or dancing. But MacDonald was also a mischievous and curious lord. And near his castle at Saddle, there was an old church that was more than rumoured to be haunted. MacDonald would have never been so brave or serious enough to investigate himself. But when the opportunity came to have a new pair of trues made, the Lord thought that perhaps he could kill two birds with the one stone. And so a tailor was sent for, the best that could be found, and this particular tailor was a sprightly tailor. He was young, passionate about his craft, and most impressively, fast. He was thorough and nimble with his fingers, weaving and stitching with the speed and precision of a spider, never leaving a loose thread and never pricking his own fingers. The sprightly tailor was brought before MacDonald, who said to him, I need a new pair of trues. If you can sew them by night in the old church, I'll pay over ten times what the trues are worth. The sprightly tailor was not unversed in the lore of the land. He knew that church, and knew the rumours of its hauntings. He was not an overly suspicious man, but neither did he think that an old church was a particularly helpful environment to be tailoring in. Nevertheless, the sprightly tailor did not question his lord. He gratefully accepted the challenge and made his way to the church. The church itself was far from abandoned, but its deep age was visible everywhere. The tailor found a tombstone by the altar and respectfully hopped on top and began to sew. Anxieties and fears began to fade away with each short, sharp stitch. The tailor had incredible focus. While he was at work, nothing else mattered. That was until the stone floor of the church began to tremble with the echo of an approaching army. But it was no army. The tailor looked up from his task and saw a human head rise up through the concrete floor. The figure was not quite solid as it phased through solid concrete. He looked old, but nothing as old as he most likely was. The tailor's hands began to tremble as he made contact with the pale grey eyes of the ghost. The figure spoke. Do you see this great head of mine? The tailor lost his breath before swallowing, going back to his sewing, and replying, I see that, but I'll sew this. This answer was not to the ghost's liking. He began to rise further out of the floor until his neck was visible. Do you see this great neck of mine? I see that but I'll sew this. 
As the ghost continued to rise, the tailor began to sew faster and faster. He was increasing his speed, but also his pace. He would not become sloppy, ghost or not. But continue to rise, the ghost did. His calls became louder, angrier, and more horrible. Do you see this great torso of mine? And still the tailor repeated his mantra, I see that, but I'll sew this. When the ghost's arms were free, he began to flail them in the tailor's face. Do you see this great arm of mine? A breath. I see those, but I'll sew this. The threads the tailor sewed were now becoming longer, a bad habit, but it would get the job done quicker, and the tailor believed that they would hold. The ghost had now pulled out one foot from the concrete floor and roared, Do you see this great leg of mine? I see those, but I'll sew this. Finally, the last thread was stitched, and the loose part snipped. The trues were complete, and job done, the sprightly tailor nimbly hopped off the tombstone, grabbed his effects, and ran from the church, just before the ghost could finish pulling his second leg from the ground. Angered by losing the tailor, the ghost pursued. He ran from the church, and a great chase ensued over hills and under bridges. The tailor put the sprite in his name to use as he ran for dear life, careful not to drop the trousers and not let them snag on stone or bush. But the tailor was still mortal, and the more he ran, the more tired he felt. He had always been up all night sewing trousers. He was wrecked, his eyes failing him, the sun beginning to rise. But suddenly, Saddle Castle came into view. The home of Lord MacDonald. The sprightly tailor called for the guards on the battlements, and the drawbridge was lowered for the Lord's tailor. The drawbridge was quickly raised again just before the ghost could follow any further. He could not enter another building. It had hurt him enough to leave his own church. Haunting spirits are assigned to one place. The ghost knew that. He knew that Saddle Castle would have its own spirits. But he was still furious to have been mocked and insulted by this mortal tailor, and the ghost punched the high stone walls of the castle in a rage. It said that the imprint of a fist can still be seen on the castle walls for those who know how hard to look. And Lord MacDonald was delighted with the truths that had been made by the tailor, and even more enthralled with the tale the tailor told. MacDonald wore his trues with pride, always boasting of how they were spectre-proof, and that Saddle Castle would never be haunted so long as he wore his trues. And the Lord never even noticed that some of the stitches were a little bit too long. The End <laughs> Folks, as you all know, Fireside is a proud son of the Headstuff Podcast Network, which is Ireland's largest network of independent podcasts and a loving home for the creative and indeed the curious. There are so many other podcasts I could recommend to you on the network, some of which inspired me to approach Headstuff myself. Here's a taste of one you might enjoy. 
have to wear hard hats. Have a listen to this. Just to carry my name and address and be shielded. You're not getting an answer to that. Have a listen to this. The Head Radio podcast looks at the humble scene and the backward place where no one important ever looks. To steal from Patrick Kavanagh. Taking inspiration from the hedge schools of old, the Hedge Radio podcast brings you stories that you won't hear anywhere else. You need imagination for everything. Have a listen to this. It's someone's reaction to reading a book. And that is the story of the sprightly tailor on Fireside. And I very much hope you enjoyed it. Yes, if I should, I should begin this by saying that I apologize for anyone who listens to this podcast who does have a very attuned ear for fidelity and audio quality, which I do not myself have. It is very much the area of doing this podcast that I'm the most uncertain of, but also delighted to be taking a hand of it now for the past, God, is it about six months now since Jamie, my editor, left uh, the podcast while teaching me how to edit it myself, and I'm delighted to have that sense of autonomy over the podcast now that I can because it forces me to listen far more intently when I edit the podcast together so that then I can make them better in future because one of the most difficult things is always to listen or to watch yourself, you know, because you don't hear your own voice, how it sounds. You hear it within the echo chamber of your own head. So naturally you hear your voice always sounds lower in your own voice because it's it's resonating in there, in between your ears, so you can never actually hear what other people hear. And then when you put it on microphone and add distortion and amplification, it's another thing again. So it can be quite difficult to to listen back, but it is important if you want to continue to grow and, and keep getting making the podcast tighter. And I know I'm not at all there yet, and I always appreciate when people do point out if there's an edit, because it's never too late. You know, Even if a podcast, even if an episode has already been uploaded, if there is something in it that that should have been taken out, I can usually check that back in and uh, edit it and re-upload it. So thank you for those who do reach out and let me know, because I do try to get at them all, but, you know, sometimes they do get by you. But last week, the last episode, I was using these Rode lapel microphones that I have that I use for uh, doing videos, which I love. They're properly like little spy equipment and i love them so much they're just these wireless little clip-on lapel mics that are brilliant because you can get a patch cable to connect them directly into an iphone which is a big mm, absolute dream but they're not quite they don't have the the base in them required to keep up the fidelity and quality of the podcast usually so i recorded a couple of episodes a couple of months ago with it and i recorded the last episode with it last week because I didn't have access to the microphone that I've otherwise been using over the last couple of months. I've been using a different microphone, this AKG beautiful condenser that uh, belongs to my friend, but now I've totally fallen in love with. And why I'm boring you with all of these details, although I'd like to think that it is an interesting part of the process because it's exciting to me as someone who doesn't who's very passionate uh, about performance but knows very little about the technical side of things and has kind of had to fail upwards when it comes to that, that this is the first episode of the podcast I've recorded holding the mic in my hand like it would be if I was doing a live gig, which is very interesting because usually you can't hold these mics because you'll hear the sound of your hand in the headphones and then it will be distracting. You'll kind of... 
you'll hear this kind of sound a lot, if you can hear me now, physically rubbing the microphone. But I've been using this mic in a holder, in a, in a microphone stand, which I thought was the only way to hold it. But then I discovered last week that actually it has this beautiful little handle on it that allows you to hold it without hearing that sound of holding it. So I decided this was an experimental episode where I held the microphone in my hand. And particularly for this story, I think this was a great story to have an experience of that with because it was a very physical story with a lot of momentum. You have this ghost rising out of the ground piece by piece, head to neck to torso to arm to other arm to leg to leg before fleeing out. And it increases the the drama and the excitement of us. And I loved being able to get quite physically into that by holding the mic in my hand. And I'd be very interested to hear from your point of view, and then when I edit this back, is how that came across. Because even now, I recorded that there while I was sat down in my chair, but now I'm stood up walking around like it's a stand-up gig. You know, do you ever notice, do you ever notice that thing about this? Do you ever notice the way that when you're a tailor and you're tailoring away in a haunted church and then a ghost starts to rise out of the ground, don't you just hate when that happens? And that really is, there was, a, there was a good bit of connecting the dots I had to do with this tale. Because we have, have, we have the establishment of this lord of Saddle Castle, MacDonald. And he's looking for a new pair of trues. Trues which are, that's the main reason I kept this set in Scotland. Because MacDonald is the very Scottish name. There are a lot of Irish MacDonalds as well. But it is, when I think of MacDonald, I would think of Scotland and trues seem to be this very, very Scottish kind of trousers. I'm sure they were quite common, but just even the, the sonics of it, trues, just works so well in their beautiful lilt. So I kept them, I kept that as was, and then that kind of changed the atmosphere of how I was going about it the rest. But otherwise, so we have this lord whose land is haunted or whose church he suspects is haunted he wants to find out if it is but he's too afraid to check it out himself or to seriously investigate so he invites a tailor to make a new pair of trues and then just says asher while we're here how about if you make the trues i'll pay you what they're worth if you make the trues in a haunted castle or a haunted church i will give you 10 times what they're worth and in Wicklow, in my hometown of Gardensea, there is an old jail that uh, was closed down for a long time, but then they reopened it as a as a tourist attraction. And although I think it seems more haunted now because it opened as a tourist attraction about 20 years ago and it fell into some disrepair, certainly some of the mannequins and all kind of have crumbled and crusted and it kind of adds to the atmosphere. It kind of makes it truly horrifying. But it is considered one of the most haunted places in Ireland. And it had its own episode of that paranormal investigators show. I forget which one it was or what the name of it was. And you can do that. You can stay in Wicklow Jail overnight. You can kind of camp out in one of the jail cells. And... I would have never considered myself uh, an overtly superstitious person, certainly not since I, since I stopped believing in God. Uh, but 
not for love nor money would I probably spend an evening in Wicklow Jail. And that is the image I had in my head as I was adapting this story of the sprightly tailor. That certainly if you had a task at hand, that's why I like that he has this tailoring task, because I think we can we can do an awful lot as people when we're in any way distracted. I remember I had a, a, quite a serious operation done on my leg. I had to get this thing removed from my body when I was about nine or ten. And I had to be conscious for it. I had six doctors performing surgery on my right leg, just above my knee, uh, while I was just reading a comic. I was reading an Action Man comic and didn't feel it, didn't really notice it at all. And I'm, I was also the kid who like nearly punched a dentist in the face for trying to put a needle in my mouth. So it wasn't that I was just really brave, I was very distracted. So that's why I really like here with the sprightly tailor that as long as he has this task at hand, he can kind of ignore it. Even if there physically is a ghost rising out of the ground, you can still go, it's not there. And even if it is there, I'm here to do a job. I have to finish these trousers. And he still keeps the craftsmanship up. That's the difference between pace and pacing. He starts sewing quicker, but he also keeps up the pace to keep the quality as high, only eventually leaving the threads too long before it's fleeing the sight. And at the end, when this pursuit happens and the ghost chases the tailor out of the church, we have a strange thing where... And I kind of filled in the gap a little bit here, but I think this does hold true that under the kind of general lore of of hauntings, it does seem to be that a spirit is bound to the building it is haunting. You know, it is always a specific castle or a specific house or even a specific jail. And so usually these souls are tormented and something, they didn't fulfill something in life. And that is why they still walk the earth in between the two worlds, haunted and haunting. But usually they can't leave that place at all. So at the end of this story, we have the ghost leave their church and pursue the sprightly tailor across the moors. And so we've already had them leave, which they shouldn't have been able to do. And then the sprightly tailor gets to the castle and just goes inside. And the ghost can't chase him any further. So I'm very interested in, does a, can a specter leave their home, leave the place that they are guarding or they are haunting? And are they weakened as they leave? You know, can they be away for a certain amount of time, but then have to go back, you know, like an aquatic mammal, you know, that has to come up for air, but most of them also couldn't ever survive on land because they'll dry out. So that's what I'm wondering. Are, are ghosts like dolphins or frogs or something where they leave? Although I do know that a frog is not a mammal. Um, it is an amphibian. Can they leave their homes but are weakened by leaving? Or can they leave and walk around openly? They just can't enter another home. Because it does just seem like 
considering we have just seen this ghost physically rise from the floor, we know he can phase through and then suddenly he is locked outside this castle and can't go in at all as if he is fully corporeal, corporeal, if that's the word, where he's suddenly physical and can't get in because he's just locked out as if he couldn't just phase through the wall, which he can't. So presumably it's either that he is weakened from having left or he physically just cannot enter another building that might have its own specters. You know, want to see like ghost fight between the ghost of this old church and whoever is haunting MacDonald's castle. So that just made it a very interesting ending to it. Those are the, I talk about this quite a bit where Sometimes there are gaps in logic or in some nature of these stories. And sometimes they don't need filling in. You know, sometimes it's nice to just leave it up to your imagination as a listener. My, uh, and, and my animation, my imagination, animation, oh my God. And my imagination as a writer and an adapt, adapter of these stories. But then sometimes it can be quite fun to fill in these gaps because sometimes they do need a little bit of filling in. Um, you know, maybe that when a lot of these stories were written in the 19th and early 20th century, maybe some of these things were a lot more accepted or known about. An example was the story a couple of weeks ago, uh, The Field of Garters, where it was the field of bullions in every version of it I found, but anytime I typed this incredibly outdated and archaic phrase, bullions, into a search engine, it just came up with a text for this specific story. So that word is now so archaic, it is only associated with this potentially equally archaic story. So that was something that did acquire an adaptation and a kind of a filling in and a sewing of the the gap there. But here with these two elements of uh, of the ghost lore and of MacDonald having a tailor fill out his haunting fantasy felt quite fun to fill in and to explore between. Because otherwise, you know, it's fairly straightforward. That's what I love when it's very grim-like. You know, there wasn't a huge amount for me to fill in otherwise than those little gaps in logic. And that's totally okay. I like it when there's a nice little bit of a back and forth in dialogue. That's, again, another reason I love to feel the garters so much was that we had this this really nice back and forth between the leprechaun and the young woman. And I felt that I got to really come through there. Here, I'm very much just serving the story. There's nothing I've really added myself. I've just tried to tell it as clearly as possible. And that's when you know a story is really solid and really tight, that there's no need. Because I never try to consciously, certainly intentionally, try to keep ego out of it as much as possible and just try and tell these stories as clear as water as as is my mantra from Philip Pullman adapting his grim tales but yeah when I step back and go yeah those are my words but that is telling it exactly how I would like to tell it by a fire that's by a fireside that's always the good sign and with that I will wrap things up but thank you so much to each and every one of you for listening I really hope you enjoyed the story of the sprightly tailor. I hope you enjoyed my mic holding. I hope you can visualize me walking around my bedroom here like I'm giving a stand-up set to the shirts in the closet. Which, to be fair, you know, 
feels a bit more mad than just pretending the room is a recording studio and like I am talking to all of you. I am talking to all of you, but not in the moment I am recording this, of course. Whereas walking around with the microphone in my hand kind of feels even more absurd and even more insane. But I kind of love that. I think that's going to make for some far more exciting readings. This is this could be a big development for Fireside. You heard it here first. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna I will go now, but please do follow me over on Instagram at Fireside Bard. Uh, check out my poetry. Um, we're hopefully gonna be doing another Instagram live at the end of the month. I would like to try and do like try one a month. Do another part to basically the myth and Irish poetry that I did for Poetry Day Ireland last month. Because there was so much I didn't get done. I'd like to do one just focusing on the Thorn and on the Ulster Cycle and poetry in the Ulster Cycle, which was not something I had to focus on at all. Uh, so let me know what you'd like for there. Um, I'll do an announcement about it properly. Uh, I'm going to be moving around a little bit in the next week. Uh, and then I'll be back settled home for a couple of weeks. And basically I'm going on a five-month tour of Australia and New Zealand. I'm going back on the road. I'm going back to work at last, if you can believe that. And doing a tour, five five-month tour of Australia and New Zealand with uh, the musical review show. I do World of Musicals. Very happy to be getting back there. I'll be doing a leg in the US then in January and February. Very excited to get back on the road and to see what it does with my own writing and because my main projects at the moment have been, as always, Fireside each and every week, keeping that up and kind of, kind of trying to keep developing it, and also now finishing off my poetry collection and start to share more and more of that and hopefully get that published uh, or self-published it and then distribute it to anyone here who wants it. Um, but that's kind of what's in my immediate future. So I'm a little bit little bit more all over the place than I like to be. I like to have a little bit more of control over my life, but I'm trying to embrace the chaos a little bit while still keeping up my weekly responsibilities, namely writing, recording, and editing, and uploading this podcast. So if you're not on Instagram, follow me over on our head email me at thefiresidebar at gmail.com. Support the podcast over on Headstuff Plus. Um, next week we have another myth. We have possibly the final tale i'd say he'll crop up but like another tale certainly centered on our one and only oldest sage of ireland fintan mcbochra we have the we have a story about my favorite place in ireland it's the story called the hawk of ackle i'll see me all you'll i'll see you all you'll hear me all next time and remember wherever you are and wherever you go you can always join me by the fireside This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com.